day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dadon Tolbert Show. I am your host, uh, Dadon Tolbert. And uh, today I want to uh, do a little some, do something a little differently uh, today. This is my annual uh, MLK Day, uh, MLK Week special, uh, where I take some time out just to honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, one of the, our greatest leaders uh, here in this country, uh, who, you know, not only took a stand for civil rights, uh, human rights, but most importantly, took a stand for Jesus Christ and uh, the principles of uh, of just being a Christian, you know, and that is uh, what I want to talk about a little bit uh, this afternoon. Um, in addition to uh, throwing out some really memorable uh, MLK quotes, I want to uh, also talk a little bit about uh, the state of us, you know, our community, the black community, um, you know, how far we've come, how far we still have to go. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, police. Uh, there's been a lot of talk over the last several years about uh, police misconduct, um, you know, unarmed uh, African-American men specifically being, you know, killed. And, and I, don't, I don't want to use this opportunity just to uh, bash the police or, or complain, and, you know, but I really want to take some time to, you know, take a look at police procedures, police, uh, you know, just, you know, how they operate, um, you know, how to specifically, basically how to stay alive in 2018, you know, you know how to uh, best survive these encounters with often racist police, um, corrupt police, you know, trigger-happy police. How, you know, what can we do as uh, African Americans, uh, specifically, really everybody, but specifically us, how can we survive these encounters and, and, and live? And so that's what I want to do today. I want to just kind of, you know, talk about getting pulled over. I want to talk about stop and frisk. I want to just talk about, you know, what to do, what not to do to uh, have the best result in some of these situations. And interestingly enough, I was in an Uber. I'll tell you guys the story later, but I actually got pulled over by the cops um, a few days ago, actually, and uh, it was an interesting story that I had to tell about that. So um, I'll talk about that. Today, uh, this is actually one of basically a continuation on my, my series on saving our children. Um, many of you may remember, if you've been listening over the last several years, you know, I've talked about, you know, civil rights. Uh, situations like Troy Davis, Gina Sticks, uh, Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, uh, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, and uh, I even did a, a special on, on Black Lives Matter and just, you know, what that means, you know, in our community. And so this is really a continuation on that. Um, one, of, one of my favorite quotes from, uh, from Dr. King is, is he said that, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And many of you know, you know, my motto here is real radio that matters. You know, I try to, you know, only really talk about things that matter, things that will directly affect our community. And I feel like, you know, what better, um, you know, what, what is affecting our community more today than, um, than these, you know, than, than our interaction with police and, and authority and government. You know, so much conversation about Donald Trump and the government. I want to continue that conversation. Uh, many of you know, uh, you know, I tuned, you tuned in last week. I talked a lot about Donald Trump. I talked about the government. I talked about the media. Uh, I talked about Oprah Winfrey uh, possibly running for, for president in, uh, in 2020. 
And so I want to just, you know, continue uh, that. You know, I got a lot of good feedback about last week's show, and, and many of you, I don't know if you guys heard, I'm going to be doing this show now every Thursday at 12 o'clock. And, um, you know, just to kind of add some uh, additional consistency to it. You know, it's not to say I won't do, you know, more shows um, than that, but definitely every every Thursday at, uh, you know, at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern, you guys can continue to listen in uh, however you've been listening, you know, iTunes. I'm trying something new. I'm not sure if it's working or not, but I, I launched the uh, Facebook Live uh, feature. They have a, a new feature where you can do audio live. So if, if that, I'm not sure if it's working, so I'm talking on my phone and I'm still figuring it out. But if it's working, cool. If not, I'll try to get it uh, working next week. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, and, and this this Monday, guys, was uh, was MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day. And, um, you know, as I do every year, me and my fraternity brothers, we, we, uh, we, we try to serve. You know, that's what it's for. It's not just, you know, a day off, uh, but it, it, it's specifically a day to do what uh, Dr. King spent his life doing, which is helping the community, serving the community. And every day we do something different. You know, a few years ago we – you know, went to a library in our community uh, last year. We went to a, a, a Buddhist uh, community, uh, you know, and helped them out there. Uh, this year we went out to the, 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 the inner city, and we, we, uh, we actually were at, what is it, uh, A. Philip Randolph uh, School here, in uh, Career Academy, actually, A. Philip Randolph Career Academy here in the Philadelphia area. And just, you know, we painted, we you know, we did a lot of different things um, just to kind of, you know, better our environment, um, make it a better place, you know, for those coming, uh, you know, behind us. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I want to just kind of, you know, throw out there. You know, you know, whether you guys do it or not, just at least remember, don't just be oblivious. You know, I'm not, I'm not into what did you do, what did you do, on, and I, how, who did you, so I'm not into that. You do what you do. You know, a lot of people say, oh, Donald Trump, he didn't. And he was on the golf. I'm not here. I'm a grown man. I'm not going to, you know, police another grown man or another grown woman about how they personally choose to spend their time. I can only do what I can do. Um, but, you know, whatever you do, just, just be aware. Um, be aware of what it is and, and what that day represents. Um, the worst thing that you could do is have these, these young kids out here uh, being oblivious to, you know, what who Dr. King is. I just – you know, spend some time with my uh, six-year-old daughter, you know, just explaining to her, you know, why she didn't have school, you know, who was Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, as parents, we cannot rely on, on the government, on the school system to educate our kids about our leaders. You know, that's crazy. We live in a society that, you know, specifically is designed to keep us ignorant, keep us uninformed, misinformed. Um, and, and to keep our children uneducated, and that's that's really how it's always been. So I always say, if your kids can't read, if they're having trouble reading, don't blame the school system. Blame yourself. You got You have to do that. You know, if, if they don't know who Marcus Garvey is, and, you know, Paul Vokes, and, and all these great leaders that have uh, come before us, you know, that's that's on us. You know, I didn't learn about any of those people in school. I learned about those people from my parents and you know, extended family. So we need to, you know, continue that and make sure these kids have the information that they, that they need to, uh, you know, survive in this world. Um, real quick, guys, before I jump into it, um, you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner. 
You guys, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you guys, you know, shout out to everyone who's been around for a while. You've ordered, you, you've read my, my classic novel, The Lovely Head. If you have not, go ahead and check it out uh, on Kindle. Get it on Kindle. Just, you know, go to Amazon Kindle, you know, download it, read it. It's a great book. One, in my opinion, what I've been told, one of the greater love stories, you know, of this generation. So The Lovely Head, Daydon Tolbert, check it out. And look out for my new book coming out, Redefining Greatness, uh, The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love, which will be released a little bit later on this year, uh, pretty much just telling, you know, I mean, it pretty much says it all. It's, it's exactly uh, what to do, what not to do, how to understand men, how to un- understand yourself, and really put yourself in the best position possible to be blessed, by, uh, blessed with love by God. All right, so... Uh, let, let me let me jump right into it. Now, like I said, I, this isn't going to be a, a super long show, um, but I, I do want to um, touch on some very specific uh, points. Now, like I said, I'm going to talk about the police in a little bit, um, but I, I did a video before I get into that. I did a video on Monday, and um, you know everyone was talking about this whole Donald Trump. Actually, I think it was Friday. Actually, uh, this whole Donald Trump. Uh, these comments that were uh, supposedly made, um, and I and shout out to everyone who watched the video. Follow me on YouTube as stayed on. You know, I posted on Facebook as well. Basically, just talking about the media and, and how in their handling of this. Let me say this first and foremost. And for those of you who didn't see the video, because I pretty much explained exactly how I thought about. It, but for those of you who didn't see it, listen, I don't know if, if Donald Trump said what he said or not. You know, like I said, I haven't heard the audio. I haven't heard, uh, you know, anything. that I wasn't in the room to hear what was said. Now, does that mean that I don't believe that he is capable or that those types of comments are, are possible from someone in his position? Absolutely. Of course not. Of, of course they are. It's absolutely possible. But I think it's more important to understand what Donald Trump represents, what any president of the United States represents. Guys, we live in a racist country. Because the structure, because the system is itself racist, there's always going to be someone in a position of power, in the highest position of power, that furthers that agenda. Okay? There is no one who's going to come in to a racist organization known as the United States of America and change the racist culture the corrupt culture and the overall corrupt and racist nature of this country that we live in. That's not going to happen. You know, change is not, in this country, not designed to happen. It's, it's, it's really an oxymoron. If you look back, I mean, historically, things have been the same. You know, certain things have changed, but overall the structure, the system is changed. We've had leaders, uh, it's the same. We've had leaders come and go, right? We've had presidents come and go, civil rights leaders, all types of leaders uh, come and go. But at the end of the day, we live in a racist country. So is Donald Trump a racist? I mean, probably so. Is your boss racist? Probably so. Are people that walk, oh, you walk by, the lady who you walk by the car, you know, and, and she locks her door, is she racist? You know what I'm saying? Probably so. Did I hear that lady say anything under her breath racist about no, I didn't hear, you know, the lady who clutches her purse. I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. But is she raised? Probably so. Everyone is focusing on the wrong things. 
You know, oh, did he say this? Did he say that? Oh, this senator supposedly heard him say that. What's more important to understand is that we live in a corrupt country and a corrupt society that literally fabricates things. For I mean, they, listen, we live in a country that kills people for political gain, that, that manufactures and orchestrates fake tragedies and, and man-made tragedies to push legislation through. We will, we will put things in motion like 9-11 that will, you know, alter the whole course of the world, you know, specifically for money, you know, for power, for, for, uh, for growth, you know, imperialistic growth. And, and so we need to understand that's where we're at right now. So you think that somebody, you know, a senator or a congressman won't get up on TV and lie and say, oh, yeah, Donald Trump said this. I heard him say it. Now, that's not to say he didn't say it. But if you think that it's inconceivable that someone in the, that type of position would lie and say, hey, I heard this and he didn't really hear it, and knowing all the things, all the lies that these politicians tell on a daily basis, that these presidents, Trump, Obama, Bush, and everyone else that's come before them, if you think they don't lie on an everyday basis for political gain, you know, you're crazy. If you think that the media does not manufacture things that are 100% false, you're, you're living in a very naive uh, state of mind. The media literally lies to you. Like, literally, you could turn on CNN right now, and they could say, oh, yeah, so-and-so, you know, said this, or this and that happens. And literally, it could be a 100% falsehood. You know, that's why, like I said, that, that whole fake news thing has become cliche, but it's, there is a lot of fake news out here. So that's not, listen, this is not a, a, a defense of Donald Trump. This is not to say, oh, you know, he's not a racist. Like I said, he, he most likely is a racist. 99% of these, these Washington people are pushing legislation and, and, and ideas and an agenda that is put there specifically to keep us as African Americans oppressed, to keep the rich, and, uh, the rich richer and, and the poor very poor. That's what they're all pushing. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. You, know, you can get up there and say anything you want just to get elected, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you're pushing this agenda, okay? And I think we, once we start to understand that, once we start to see what's going on, it, it will be, you know, you will be enlightened. You will not have to rely on MSNBC, Savannah Guthrie, you know, Matt Lau and these weirdos out here going around molesting people and different things, these, these people who are doing all types of stuff. Oprah Winfrey says this, you, 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 are, you know, just kind of, you know, it's like it engulfs you. It's like, oh, my God, they said this, so it must be true. These people get together. I'm not going to go into that, but they get together behind closed doors and do all types of evil things. That if you're, if you're really woke, I hate that term, but if you really want to call yourself like woke, like you know what goes on behind these closed doors in Washington, D.C., in Hollywood, you know, and you'd be very, very cautious. To, to believe these people and to admire these people the way many of you do, these celebrities. It's crazy if you really knew what they were into, right? What else? I said something on Facebook. I said something on Facebook. I said, I said this is breaking news. I said that everything reported by CNN, everything reported by MSNBC, guess what, guys? It's not true. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily true. Um, you know, there are certain things that just are not true. 
And we have to stop, as I said last week, stop being mindless zombies just kind of following, you know, following along. All right. Um, what else is going on? One of the things that, uh, uh, you know, and this is another great quote by, uh, by Dr. King. He said, there's nothing in all of the world that's more dangerous than sincere in ignorance uh, and, and conscious, excuse me, conscientious stupidity. Right. I mean, that's sincere ignorance. And I, I, I believe what he meant by that, I mean, it's self-explanatory, but it, it's even more true when you look around today. Sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Like, you're, that means you are passionate about your ignorance. You will go out of your way to remain ignorant about a certain subject. You will go out of your way to be stupid. You will specifically, you know, follow people that are leading you towards ignorance and stupidity. And Dr. King foresaw what was going on then, but he foresaw everything that's going on now. People like Malcolm X foresaw everything that's going on now. You know, it's funny. You look at people, like, for example, I was having a debate with somebody recently, and I was like, yeah, these, you know, these Democrats, you know, they were saying something about a specific bill that Democrats were trying to get passed. I was like, oh, man, you you believe that? These Democrats, they're, they're, you know, a lot of them are racist, and, and, and they're all, many of them corrupt. And he immediately went into bashing Republicans and Donald Trump. I said, whoa, I said, whoa, what? What do you, like, what is that? That's like me talking about Prince, and you just bringing up Michael Jackson off the clip. Like, whoa, who said anything about Michael Jackson? He said, like, who said I didn't say nothing about Donald Trump? I didn't say anything about about Republicans. And, and that's, just, that's just stupid. That's ignorant. We live in a society where you literally have been brainwashed into believing that there are only two political parties, and these parties are inherently different, you know, where, and not even understanding that, there are people above both of those, the billionaires, the CEOs, these corporations that have more power than anyone in the government, including the president, and the power to, to just put forth legislation and to influence their agenda. And also, it's, 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 so you don't have to feel like, wow, if someone says something about the Clintons stealing money from Haiti, you don't have to defend them by bashing Trump. You can just say, oh, yeah, you're lucky. You know, Hillary Clinton did, you know, steal a lot of money. That whole Clinton family, there is a lot of impropriety going on, you know, surrounding Haiti. You know what I mean? Like, it is. You don't have to feel on the defensive. And that's how we, we have been brainwashed into thinking. You know, imagine if there was someone who, I mean, this will never happen because just the way the media is set up to divide us. But imagine if there was a blatantly and just, um, I mean, blatant is the only one I can think of to use a blatant racist on the ticket, not as a Republican, but as a Democrat. Imagine what would happen. I mean, just really for a sec, don't just like, really think about that. What, like, imagine, if, let's say, someone like Donald Trump, this whole media, you know, campaign against Trump. Let's just say he was the Democrat. What would you do? What would happen? Would you automatically turn to being a Republican and voting Republican? Or would you just understand, like, wow, you know what I mean? They're actually racist, you know, God forbid, on both sides of this political platform. So think about these things. Now, one of the things I said online, I said, what's worse, 
You know, it's like, uh, you know, someone originating from a, a quote-unquote shithole country like, you know, Haiti or El Salvador, or, you know, some of the, one of these shithole countries, as, as he says, you know, or being labeled uh, a super predator, you know what I mean, or being placed into a basket of, of deplorables. Like, how do, you, how do you gauge that? What's worse? You know, because Donald Trump supposedly said, like, I heard, I can't, you know what I mean? I'm saying supposedly, I'm saying allegedly, because like I said, I heard Hillary Clinton, you know, call us deplorables. I heard uh, her reference super predators. I didn't hear, you know what I'm saying? That's not saying he didn't say it, but I didn't hear it. So until I hear something personally, that's when I'm going to say, okay, yeah, so-and-so said that. You know, and if somebody has audio or whatever, it let me hear it, but I haven't heard it personally. But what's worse? Is there any, is there a difference? Are they all racist terms? Are they derogatory terms? Are they terms designed to insult and demean? It doesn't matter who you are, Clinton, Trump, you know, different things going on behind these closed doors. Half your favorite politicians are like that. So that, check, like I said, check out the video that I posted, but this is just a longer version of what was said. Um, and I said online, we, we spend more time as people talking. I mean, this is the irony. This is the ultimate irony. We spend more time talking about Donald Trump's comments, you know, about Haitians than we do the, the actual Clintons stealing money from the Haitians. That's the ultimate, ultimate irony. You know, and I think that we have to acknowledge, you know, we have to acknowledge that, you know, there is a, a lot of impropriety going on you know, out here in, you know, in Hollywood, Hollywood, D.C., politics, um, just the overall social structure that exists here in this, in this country. But it's not all bad, right? It's not all bad. You know, the Bible, you know, gives us a number of scriptures. You've know, got people like Dr. King giving inspirational quotes. A lot of people give inspiration. But at the end of the day, you have the Bible that says specifically in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Right? You know, and I think that's, that at the end of the day, that's, what's, that's what matters. Um, you know, that is what we can find comfort in, what we can find solace in. You know, um, I think that, you know, it's very easy to to believe that we are out here just if you know, I hear people talking about, I'm I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid of Donald Trump. I'm afraid of where this country is going. You know, I'm just afraid. I'm mad. I'm angry. I want to fight. I'm like, whoa. Do you not have you know uh spirituality? Do you not have Jesus Christ? You know, because that's where I get peace from. That's what comforts me. You know, I'm not afraid of Donald Trump. I wasn't afraid of Obama. I'm not afraid of whoever's going to be president in 2020, even though they're probably going to have you know, transgenders running wild, Satanists running wild, homosexuals running wild. It's going to be, I just got finished watching season four of Spartacus. You know, like, that's how it's going to look, man. People running the streets crazy, you know what I mean, lawlessness, all types of stuff, you know what I mean, perverts running rampant. But even in spite of it, I'm not afraid, you know, and you guys shouldn't be. But, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite scriptures. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. 
like I said, I want to talk a little bit about police, um, you know, what to do, what not to do. But I think that before we do that, we have to talk about us as a community first. You know, every, like I said, every year I do an annual uh, uh, state of, you know, they have the State of the Union. Well, I have the State of the Black Community, my State of the Black Community address. Uh, just like I said, as how far have we come and how far do we still have to go, you know? And, and I think that that's important to do because you cannot look at police and the police, uh, their treatment of us without first taking an in-depth look at where we are, what, what are we doing out there? How are we accelerating our demise in many of these situations? And this, isn't, this isn't, you know, let's bash, you know, black, this black let's, you know, let's beat us up. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to self-reflect just like in anything, whether it's your relationship, you know, your job situation, your finances, you have to, uh, you have to self-reflect. And, and real quick, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a show on financial literary, uh, excuse me, literacy um, in the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a lot of different things. Uh, this is our 12th year, guys. Um, and and I, I, I've done it all. I feel like, you know, I had to sit back this week. Like, wow, like, you know, what do I want to talk about? Because there's nothing that I can really talk about that I haven't already talked about at some point, you know, just having done, you know, literally thousands of, of, of broadcasts. Um, but so I, I want to, you know, talk about different things. I want to try to, you know, bring different guests on, you know, different, let you guys hear different people that you haven't heard before, you know, even, even if it's people that you've heard from before, you, I want you to hear from them in a different way, like Dr. Umar. Like Umar Johnson, like you know, everyone's talking about him now. But when I had him on, nobody was really talking about him the way they're talking about him now. And you hadn't heard him out and about the way you heard him on my show. And that's kind of the same thing I want to I want to do. So just different things uh, that that will kind of really push us forward if possible. Um, real quick, and this is a good place to start. It may seem like nothing. Um, everyone's going out to see Black Panther when it comes out. Shout out to Chadwick uh, Bozeman and, and, and you know, uh, the, everyone responsible for bringing Black Panther to the big screen. It's going to be an epic movie. You know, Black Panther, is, I, I, from what I hear, I tried to go on and order tickets at, at like, net, like last week, and the place where we normally go was already sold out. You couldn't get any seats. It was crazy. So I, you know, I'm just going to have to get it, you know, at, you know, maybe next week or whenever. But, um you know, so that's a good thing. They said it, it sold more first-day tickets than any Marvel movie so far, uh, which is great. So definitely support that. Um, and the irony is that people will support Black Panther, but they didn't support a, a movie about the same the same actor in a movie about Thurgood Marshall, which is which is actually very ironic and it's actually sad and ridiculous. Uh, but you know, still support Black Panther, but understand there's still other things that we need to be supported, you know, like Black Lightning. Some people may say, what the heck is that? What's Black Lightning? I don't know if you see it. I watch these shows, like, you know, shows like Arrow, shows like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, all those shows that come on, or many of those shows that come on, uh, the CW Network, you know, I watch it. I like superhero things like that. Um, and in that same type of um, universe, as they call it, is, is a show called Black Lightning, and uh, I didn't. I came on uh, the other night, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, and um, 
I'm going to watch it. I don't get that twist. I'm, I ain't going to see it yet, but I'm definitely going to watch it. But it's an all-black cast. Um, all-black cast is really one of the first all-black, well, it is the first black superhero TV show. You know, like, it's just all black. Like, the black lightning himself is, is black. His family is black. Like, the the villains, you know, from what I understand, are black. So, and what I from what I hear, the show was crazy. Like, the premiere was crazy. A lot of people liked it. I'm going to check it out probably later today. But my point is we need to be supporting those types of shows. You know what I'm saying? It's impo- Here's the thing. It's important for us because the white folk, they'll watch it. The white folk probably bought more tickets to black Panther than black folk did, to be honest with you. But aside from that, these aren't black films. Let's be clear about that. These are not black films. This is not a black TV show. The executive producers are white. The you know every the production everything about it is white. But they're just doing it to put us out there because they recognize at this point there's a market for that. So they're doing it to make money. Let's not get that twisted. But at the end of the day, it is something positive. It is you know showing us in a in a positive light. You got a black suit two well known black superheroes. You know, this is that's historic. So we should be supporting that. You know, don't just you know don't do it because it's popular, but do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. All that being said, my wife and I also will be seeing Fifty Shades or Fifty Shades Free. Don't don't judge me. Don't laugh at me. But that's just our thing. Every last few Valentine's Day, we you know we kind of go away and you know and, and get the the tickets and get a little hotel room and go see the movie, get some dinner. Get some get some drink, you know what I mean, and have a good time. But that that's so that's what we'll be doing in in February. But no matter what you see, no matter how you, you know what I mean, support. All right. What else is? I mean, see, here's the thing. We're we're doing better, right? You know, we're still doing better. Um, from what I understand, uh, well, here in Philly, violence is down a little bit, um, uh, but there's still, you know what I mean, like there's still. Too, there's too much violence out here. There's still these drug dealers on every corner. There's still, you know, you turn on your morning news. Like, I, my wife gets up at about 5.45, so, you know, I get up at 5.45, and, you know, I go start the car for her. She's getting dressed. You turn on the news. and I mean, you know what I mean? It's literally the same thing every morning. You know what I mean? Black man shot and killed so-and-so. Shot four times, and these, and again, I watch it. This is my routine. Every single morning, I watch this stuff, and there's not, you know, it's very rare. I'll tell you just how rare it is, uh, but it's very rare that these shootings are police involved. Normally, what you see is the detectives out there, the police captain out there on camera talking about, you know, so and so was shot. We have no suspects. The investigation is ongoing. You know, and, and it's one of those situations where we have to do better. You know, I'm out there in these streets, you know, every single day, and I see a lot of these conflicts escalate. You know, I, I see them from how they start to how they unfortunately end, and uh, more often than not, it's over nothing. You know what I mean? It's over nothing. You know, we got these young girls out here a lot of times egging them on, uh, instigating you know, a lot of this stuff is over, like, little girls, you know, throwing the ass around, giving it to a couple of different people, and, and conflict is starting that way. Something is said, 
about a girl that both of them are, are smashing and, and, you know, disrespect happens and a fight happens and then the guns come out. And, you know, a lot, you know, you guys know if you're from the streets, if you're from the hood or just kind of know how this stuff goes down, that's what's happening, you know, and we have to stop that. You know, we cannot, I mean, at some point, you know, I mean, you, you you would say, I mean, I would think anyone with a brain would think that if there was going to be this, this national, even international movement, you know, Black Lives Matter or, or whatever it is, you, I don't care what you call it. And the, the ultimate irony is that it's called Black Lives Matter because we are the ones killing each other the most. So I would think if you have a, a, a movement that gains this much traction, well, I shouldn't say it because I know how it works. But there's, you know, when something, quote, unquote, gains traction, meaning the media is picking up on it because it furthers their agenda. Listen, there's no agenda to stopping black-on-black crime. There is, however, an agenda to incite a race war. There is an agenda to, against them, you know, and, and, and with the sole purpose of distracting you know, that's, that's what it's there for. So, so there would be no black lives. Be clear about that. Be very clear about that. And it's, it's obvious because there would be no black lives matter if that movement was specifically designed to stop us or prevent us from killing each other. Prove me wrong. What's the name of the, 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 the movement that's on the same level as black lives matter that's specifically designed to decrease inner city crime? There is none. There's never been one. You can't name one. You might be able to name certain things within your community, you know, that good people are doing, but I'm saying the media as the national media, the mainstream media, is not picking up on it. They're not pushing it because it doesn't fit their agenda. The, you know, I, I just got finished watching Spartacus, and, and one of the main things that you do to, to, in war and battle is divide and conquer. You know, and that's what they're doing. They're dividing and when I say they, I'm not talking about, this isn't like a white versus black type of thing. This is more, this is on a higher level. This is more so the government. I don't want to get too deep on you, though, but this is more so like them, like the higher, higher ups, you know, dividing the rich and the poor. That's all about money. Everything is about money. It's always, it's always been that way. People get so caught up in this whole, it's about money, it's about good versus evil. That's another conversation. But it's mainly, you know, designed to keep – we're more classist than we are sexist. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of that whole Me Too thing, sexist, you know, and racist. But the real issue, class, you know, the people at the top feel as though they're better than the people at the bottom. And, just you know, historically the people at the bottom are, you know, minorities. But that's why you're able to have people like Oprah and, you know, Jay-Z and Diddy, you know, sit at the table in many cases because they're on that level. You know, financially, Obama, you know what I mean? People, so it's not, it's not a lot. Most of it is not about race. The, the real issue here is not about race, okay? It's them versus us. It's the rich being rich and the poor being poor. You look at, you know, going back to medieval times. You know, times when Jesus walked the earth. I mean, what, it was the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It was the rich, it was the powerful, the emperors, you know, the rulers versus the slaves. 
You know, if you weren't born in, in a certain place, you, you were, didn't matter your skin color. It mattered where you were born, what, how much money you had, what kind of respect your name carried. And that's it's the same thing all these years later. So understand that, guys. You know, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and, flesh and blood, you know, but, you know, spiritual wickedness in high places, spiritual wickedness, good versus evil. Think about these things. So, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about police, you know, and so, you know I mean, understanding everything I just got finished speaking about, you know, we got the thugs out here. We got the gangbangers out here running rampant. You know, there's a lot of crime out and That's not to excuse anything. I'm not excusing anything. But let's take a look at that. I was looking at some statistics. But in 2016, the 17 statistics aren't out just yet uh, on this, but in 2016, according to the Washington Post, there were 16 unarmed black men out of a population of about 20 million, you know what I'm saying, uh, that were killed by the police. The year before, the number was 36. Now, so that's less than the year before that, but 16. So, I mean, and again, 16 in many cases is too many. There, so it's a loss of life is always going to be tragic. All right. No, I shouldn't say that. I, I should not say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I try to just be polite. If somebody breaks into my, my crib, you know, puts my family at risk, yeah, I'm going to shoot them, but I'm not going to feel bad about it, and that will not be tragic, all right? If, if one of these young uh, thugs wants to run up, you know, in the, in, the sh- in the mall and I'm eating, you know, dinner in the food court with my family, you know, and I pull out my gun and shoot them, that's not tragic to me, you know what I mean? But um, so, no, a lot of these situations are not tragic, but some, many of them are. Um, you know, many of them are unfortunate, and I think that we have to – keep that into perspective throughout this, this, this discussion. Um, is there a major, major problem um, with police and, and, and just, just the police system? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the city is, the, the police, it, the police departments in most major cities are severely underfunded. Uh, they are undertrained. Uh, there is not enough racial uh, training, you know what I mean, like training specifically targeting uh, race, racism, you know, in this country. And I think that that's something that needs to improve. And because of the lack of training, because of the lack of sensitivity, uh, you know, and, and lack of familiarity, we're seeing white folk, you know, policing the, the hoods. And that's not to say that's, a, that's an issue, but let's see some diversity. You know, let's see some, some familiar faces to, in, in these hoods so we're not always feeling like it's us versus them. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, and I've, I've hosted, I've moderated, I've attended many, 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 um, you know, uh, town halls on, on police conduct and, you know, how we can better get along with each other. And it's the same conversation. They're always good conversations. There are always good conversations in almost empty rooms. I'll say that also. You know, we'll be the first to scream Black Lives Matter. We'll be the first to say, oh, we got to change this and change that. But then when we have the actual police captains come out 
We have the actual police officers that are roaming the streets, policing these streets. Your community actually come out and say, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I'd like to hear your feelings. In many cases, you know, they, they, they're not trying to hear it. You know, and, and I think that's unfortunate. You know, it's very unfortunate. I think we need to uh, stop complaining um, and, and start doing. All right. Let's talk a little bit about how to stay alive. You know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, are we, isn't that what we're here for? You know, I, I mentioned earlier all the shows, all the shows that I've done specifically uh, in my Saving Our Children series that goes back at least six or seven years. Like I said, Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, like, these, you know, Tamir Rice. In those shows, it wasn't, oh, let's blame. No, this is how can we figure out how to not have to do those shows? How can we figure out? What could have been done differently to have Trayvon here? What could have been done differently so that Tamir Rice wasn't gunned down? And for anyone who is saying, oh, well, no, you know, let's just, let's just blame the cops. Let's just, you know what I mean, let's not take any, you know, look at ourselves and, and, you know, their parents and the actual situation. Let's just put it all on them. Because here's the problem with that. I mean, we can do that. And that you know, you do what you want to do. But the problem with that is, is when you put it all on them, given the fact that we live in a racist society, you already know what they're going to do with that. You know, that doesn't solve the problem. That doesn't stop us from being killed. You see what I'm saying? At some point, now I do this with my kids, I do this with my nephews, I do this with, you know, a lot of different people. You know, we have to take it upon ourselves to, one, Say, you know, hey, we live in a racist country, first and foremost. Two, out on these streets, in most cases, we're dealing with racist and and overzealous police officers. So because you know that, it's very stupid to to, to not look at yourself and your loved ones and say, what can we do to prevent you from falling victim to those racist police officers in different situations. That was what was done for me when I was a child. My brothers and sisters, you know, my parents took us and said, hey, look, this, I don't care about those, those cops. They said, you're the one that we love, so we're going to give you the knowledge and information on what to do and what not to do to make it home. Now, I'll be honest with you. I probably, I don't, you know what I mean, I don't know everyone and everyone's situation, but I probably know my situation. I've probably been pulled over in my life more than most people that you know. I mean, it, at least 20 times. And a lot of that is because I sell cars. Like I'm a car dealer, so I'm often in and out of cars, different situations, different license plates. You know what I mean? Different things. I move around a lot. Uh, I'm a young black man. You know what I mean? So I've been pulled over more than most black men that I know. So certainly more than most black women that I know. I've been pulled over a lot of times. I can't even count. I just got pulled over again the other day. That's not to say a lot of it is sometimes it's my fault. Other times it's just, you know how it goes. You just get pulled over. And so I want to talk about, well, I say that to say I, the things that I'm going to say to you, I want, I, don't want you, I want you guys to really listen. Like if you're a black man, listen. You know what I mean? And, and really just take note and maybe you could take some things and maybe do differently to have a, a, a different 
or better results. Um, if you are a mother or, a, or even a father, you know, maybe pass this information along to your children because I, I'm saying how many times I've been pulled over to say that I've never really had a problem. Watch this. I've been pulled over countless times. I can probably count on one hand how many actual tickets I've got. You know what I mean? I mean, really think about that. You know how this stuff works. Nowadays, they're beating you up. And, and in most cases, you're definitely getting some type of citation. I'm telling you, I've been pulled over countless times and practically never even left with more than a warning. Not even a warning. Like, all right, you look, man, just have a nice day. Right, get, get out of here. See you later. <laughs> Go eat. Like, that's the type of stuff I'm experiencing. And, and I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? I'm not saying anything other than what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I've, I've, I've developed, you know, a certain way to carry myself. I'm not even going to talk about them. I'm saying how I carry myself. I found helpful to avoid many of these uncomfortable situations at the hands of, of police. So, so the first, and this is, I'm just going to be blunt. Like, I'm not, you guys know me. I don't sugarcoat. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be honest with you. The first and foremost thing we, people need to do is, first of all, don't be a nigger. You know what I mean? Don't be, a, if, we're, if we're driving around, if you're out and about, don't be a nigger. Do not, what I, what I mean by that is don't be one of these young bastards who is out here with a specific purpose of evil, and a specific purpose of getting into trouble. Now, again, don't, you know, psychos, the weirdos out there, make sure hear that and take that negative. I'm not, if, if that's not you, if that's not your kids, then cool. Huh. But I'm talking about the people who it is. There are a lot of niggas out here. And you know, I mean, everyone knows. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're probably part of the problem. Or if you're in denial about those kids out here, then you're part of the problem. Everyone's not a nigga. There are a lot of you know, great kids out there, great young black men, great young black women. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the kids walking around with their asses out, skinny jeans on, with the the, 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 the drawers showing, the butt crack showing, you know, still trying to carry a gun, knowing they got pants on that's too skinny. You know, it's crazy. Kids out here robbing and killing, sticking you up. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I was out. I was in Camden. One of the, the, I think I told this story a few months ago, but yeah, I'll tell you again for the newer listeners. I was out in Camden. I had to go pick up a car, and I was checking out I was going to buy the car. So I actually got a ride out there. And I, mean, I got a ride out there, and I had, a, I had my briefcase with me so I could meet the dude to get this car, take it back to the lot. And, you know, it was, it was, like I said, it was Camden, which if you know anything about Camden, it's one of the, the more um, – you know, dangerous places in in the country. At one point, I don't know if it still is, but the most dangerous place in all of the country, the most uh, violent cities in the country. So I'm out there, and not the best part, but it's really not the best idea for myself. Uh, but I was there, and these kids, you know, obviously drug dealers posted up on a cannon on a corner. We know it, you know, I mean, we know what it looks like. And one dude's like, "Yo, my man, what's up, man? You you buying that car?" Uh, you know, I was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Let's see what's up." They are, that man, you ready now? You got the money with you now? Hey, come on, you know how that goes. So they were obviously plotting, you know what I mean? And so I just kind of, I rolled out because I didn't want to be lingering in that area while I was waiting for the dude. 
And uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's that type of stuff. Like those were niggas up to no good, looking to cause trouble. And it's like it shouldn't be like that. So my point with all that is, is if you're, but yet if one of those kids gets gunned down by the cops, then oh my gosh, it's a tragedy. But they would have gunned me down and steal my briefcase with no issue. You know what I mean? That's the crazy thing about it. That's the irony about it. Nobody talks about it from that perspective. But when that guy gets shot, though, the guy that would have loved to stick me up, when he gets shot, it's a tragedy. But if I got get shot because of that dude, you know what I'm saying, it's nobody cares and nobody's even talking about it. But so that's the first thing. You know, if we're talking about police, you know, and, and how to, that's what we're here for, is how to survive, how to stay alive in 2018. First of all, just don't be a nigga. That's not to say you can't be gunned down if you're not a nigga. That's not to say that a lot of people gunned down have, have not been niggas. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of good people gunned down. But that's the first thing. Just don't be up to no good. Don't be in the hood. Do not put yourself into an environment where any reasonable person can say, hey, look, you know, you look suspicious. And people say, well, you know, what are you saying? A lot of these guys are, you know, they're, racial, they're, they're being racially profiled. And I think you're right, they are. But guess what? We do the same thing. I could see somebody and be like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I feel a little uncomfortable just because they look suspicious. You know what I mean? They look like they're up there. They look like a nigga. You know, and we all know those types of people. And so my son would not be like that. My mother told me. She would tell me back in the day, like, we, back in the day, I used to be feeling myself, you know, a little bit, take a look. And we had a little Malcolm X stroll to me. She's like, yo, you better straighten up, take that bop out your step. You ain't doing that. Take a, we weren't allowed to wear certain clothing. We weren't allowed to have the beepers that everybody was walking around with just because, we, you know what I mean, my parents did not want me to be labeled and viewed in that manner even, or even be mistaken. She said, don't even give them a reason to mistake you for that. And I think that's what we've gotten away from. Now we live in a society where it's like, look, you wear your hoodie, you wear this. That's the irony. My family, we didn't even have hoodies on back then. We weren't even allowed to because just for this very reason. We, you know, and some people may say that's extreme. Hey, but guess what? When you look around society, guess what? We need to be a little extreme, I think. Kids are getting gunned down. The average life expectancy for the young black men is, what, 23, 24? It's like, come on. I think parents need to be a little bit overly cautious. You know, we went on, We had to be back when the streetlights came on. We were actually, we were in front of our, our cribs, right on the porch or right on, in front of the steps. Nowadays, these kids are roaming the city by themselves all hours of the night. It's like, but you're mad that the police is gunning your kids down. Well, where were you? Where, where were these kids? You know what I mean? Like, come on. You're roaming, like, you are roaming the streets by yourself at nighttime, and you're a teenager. When did that become okay to do? I mean, somebody just really, I mean, have we become more lenient? We've become more violent and parents have become more lenient. Someone tell me how much sense does that make? None. We get, and then we get mad when, 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 you know, police want to put a curfew in place. You know what I mean? It's, an, it's a problem. It's racist when there's a curfew put in place. It's like, what? <laughs> Back in the day, parents were the ones issuing, you know, curfews. That was the real curfew. 
through the streetlights with a real curfew. Now there is no curfew unless it's one the city puts in place. So that's the first thing. Like I said, just, just don't be up to no good. Do not give them a reason to mistake you for someone that's, that's, that has bad intentions. So stop and frisk. All right, now back in the day, you know, I've talked a lot about stop and frisk. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like it, it, it's gotten a bad rap. It's gotten a bad rap because of the racist and corrupt, you know, administrations in, in this country, racist and corrupt uh, administrations within these major cities, a lot of racist cops, trigger-heavy cops, um, just cops who are afraid. So they're doing it disproportionately. They're doing it inappropriately, um, and they're targeting black men. You know what I'm saying? And so that is a problem. But I believe stop and frisk, and even statistics show this, that stop and frisk is um, – it, it can be, if done correctly, if done appropriately – can take a lot of guns off the streets, uh, can take a lot of drugs off the streets, and, and eliminate eliminate crime. You know, and that's a fact. These are not, you know, this isn't just me saying. These are, you know, these are statistics. Like you, you know what I mean? And I think that if we could find, you know, police administrations that are willing to implement the necessary trainings and safeguards against uh, racial targeting. Um, things like that, then we can really do some some real good, you know. I mean, because the reality is there are drug corners. I mean, we cannot ignore these facts. There are you know corners like very high, uh, you know, crime ridden areas. So if you put an increase in known high crime areas where you know you got drug dealers, you know you have a high level of gang activity. When you're in these gangs, you know, when you're a, a, in many of these uh, drug dealer situations, there are guns present. I mean, that's just common sense. There are guns present. Uh, there are drugs present. So, you know, it's not a bad thing if you, if you know something. And I think we've got we, – we, we will criticize – we will go out of our way. And that's, that's kind of what Dr. King was talking about. If you look back at the quote I, I mentioned earlier, if you look at, you know, the conscientious stupidity, right, the conscientious stupidity, the, the willful and sincere ignorance that a lot of people show, if you look at that, they will go out of their way to avoid acknowledging the role that we play in a lot of these situations. Like, this is not, this is not you know, God bless the dead, you know, this isn't a bash young Tamir Rice, but, you know, if I was, you know, his father, if I was a loved one, a brother, or uncle, or, or even just around in that area, I would have, you know, he was pointing the gun at people, a, a toy gun. Every once in a while, he just it wasn't a real gun. It was a toy gun, that, which is true. You know, and were the cops a little, you know, overzealous? Absolutely. But the fact still remains you have a young boy in a, in a public park harassing and terrorizing people by pointing what basically a gun at them. Nobody knows that the gun is fake. If you're pointing at yo, come here, you're pointing at I shoot, I might have shot him, to be quite honest with you. 
I take my kids to the park. I take my kids to the park. You know, and ironically, I take my kids to the, the park in the suburbs to avoid, you know what I'm saying, certain certain parks for that very reason. And I think that, you know, if you have, a, you know, anybody, a kid, a man, whoever, pointing a gun at you thinking that's funny, I don't find that funny. I'm going to take that as a threat. You know, if you threaten me, you threaten my family, I'm not going to, I'm not, me, and this is just me personally. I personally am not going to take the time to figure out, oh, hey, buddy, is that a toy gun or a real gun? Hey, yo, what, what are you doing, man? Are you just playing around or are you trying to rob me? Hey, let's talk about it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm going to pull my real gun, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's just, you know, what it is. And I think that's what I'm saying. We have to, you know, look at that. Like those types of situations, what could we have maybe done differently? To not, not to say, hey, this is your fault for the end result, but to say, how can we avoid this situation from escalating? You see, you see how that goes? How can we avoid that situation of escalating? The situation in Camden. I could have stuck around. I had my gun with me. I could have stuck around in Camden, you know, waited for the dude. And if one of them those thugs tried to rob me or, you know, walk up on me, this and talk to her, yeah, I could have got into an altercation. Maybe someone might have ended up getting shot. I could have did all that. Or I could have did, just did what I did, which was walk away. You know what I mean? That, that probably, to me, seems like the more logical thing to do. I just walk away, you know, get out of it. I remove myself from the situation. Was Trayvon Martin wrong for walking down the street minding his business? No, he wasn't wrong. You know, was George Zimmerman wrong for chasing him down and asking him all these questions? Yeah, absolutely. Did the police dispatcher say, hey, look, we don't need you to follow police are going to send a car out there or whatever? Yeah, he didn't have to do all that. But what also didn't have to happen is Trayvon Martin didn't have to punch him in the face. Trayvon Martin didn't have to get on top of him and start bashing his brains on the sidewalk. He could have just kept walking, even though he had every right to be walking along that street. And that's all I'm saying. It's just a different look at, again, what this is. What are we talking about today? How to stay alive in 2018. Two different situations. We have two young black boys killed. Two different situations could have had much different results if things were done differently. That's not to blame them, but it's what we have to do to stay alive. One of the things that, another thing we have to do, and if you're just tuning in, I'm talking today about, this is my annual Martin Luther King special, talking right now about police interactions, um, police relations, one of the things that we have to do is to first and foremost understand that we're going to be treated differently than other races, right? I mean, that's not going to change. Because we live in a racist country, because we live in a racist society, we're not going to be treated the same. We're going to be treated differently. So understand that. A, a good Example of this, and this is really interesting because, like I said, I've been pulled over countless times when I've been the driver. Interestingly enough, I'm on my phone. I'm in an Uber. I'm in an Uber uh, going to pick up a car. I'm in an Uber, and the guy was going like, I mean, he, I think he was lost, and I wasn't really. Sometimes I'm like telling him, like, all right, go this way, go that way. Just I was just kind of doing something on my phone, probably debating with one of y'all about something stupid. 
But uh, I wasn't really paying attention, so the car stopped. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Cause I think it was like he was about to try to make a U-turn. I'm like, yo, what you making a U-turn? And the guy didn't really speak. He was like Hispanic. He didn't speak English. So he's just there on the side. I'm like, yo, I'm about to say, yo, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And I look, I see the, the, the flashing lights behind me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you? So and this guy, he, he was Hispanic, but he looked more like George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman was Hispanic, too, but, you know, as most people, he's a you know, white man, a white man who killed Trayvon Martin. But he kind of looked like that, like he probably passed for white. And so this is really interesting. So I'm just sitting in the back like, oh, boy, I'm not saying nothing. So he comes up to the dude, and it, it, his whole demeanor was different. You know how if you're a black man, I don't know if y'all know about this or you haven't been pulled over, but the way they position themselves, like you could be like, you pull roll the window down, the cop is like, you know, license, registration. They're standing behind you. I don't know if you know about that, but like they stand behind you, like behind the window, so that you're, you, if you're going to shoot them, you would have to basically reach behind you to do it. They're not standing in front of you to let you pull up a gun and just shoot them. Like you have, they're trying to make it very hard for you to do it. That's why they position themselves that way. But this dude, this dude was standing like right by the the side mirror, which is like, you never see that. He's like, yeah, uh, hey, buddy. Uh, hey. He's like, and it's the thing. He's like, hey, uh, you know why I, I pulled you over? I pulled you over because your inspection even was right by the inspection sticker pointing at it, like, and that, you would never see a cop standing right there within the first five, first couple minutes of a police stop. You, everybody knows that. But because this dude looked white, you know what I mean? He's like, right there. He's like, hey, uh, you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, I pulled you over because of the uh, inspection. She's like, uh, you, know, you know, and it's the funny thing. The dude acted like he didn't speak English, but he was talking to me in English fine right before that. That's the funny thing about it, or at least certain things he was saying. He knew enough to be able to talk a little bit. But he's like, oh no, sorry, sorry, no, no, no English, no, no English, no habla, no habla. Okay, okay, I'm pulling you over because your inspection sticker isn't up to date. He's like, it's not a problem, you know. I'm just gonna let me just see your license, let me see your registration. This is not a big deal. We'll get you out of here as soon as we know. Uber, I'm driving Uber. He's like, no, I understand that, but your car still. I said, like, my point is, he was so accommodating to this dude. No, I mean, no raising of the voice, no, no nothing. He's like, matter of fact, he's like, is there somebody you can call so I can get it? He's like, okay, hold on, hold on. And he, he, he dude understood everything. He's like, hold on. So he calls his girlfriend who speaks English, puts her on speakerphone. And I may share this in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group. I actually, so y'all don't think I'm lying, I actually recorded this on my phone and sent it to my wife. And she's like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I had the whole incident on phone. Like, I was recording. I wasn't pointing it at him because I didn't want to, you know, well, no, I was recording them, but I just you hear the audio of the whole conversation, and um, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? His whole demeanor, and it, 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 he looked at he looked back at me like, kind of leaned over, like, "Okay, oh, hey, buddy, what's up?" You know, what I mean, just kind of gave me a little head nod. Wrote the dude a little citation, but he, here's the thing: he wrote him a ticket. He let him know that, you know, he's like, "Oh, this is what you do. You're gonna get the ticket." You get the ticket, you go to the hearing, you plead not guilty, you get, you know what I mean, you make sure you take a picture, like you just take a picture of your, your uh, you know, somebody, your license, and just show them that you have the current in- inspection, and, and I'll dismiss it. Well, I'll ask the judge to dismiss it. He's like, it won't be a problem. He's like, don't worry about it. 
not a big deal, but I do have to. He's like, oh, my, yo, these cops have never talked to me like this, never been that accommodating. So that's the first thing. Just understand that, and that was the first for me. Because like I said, either I've been driving or I've been in a car with other, you know, African-Americans, so it was like a totally different thing. You know I mean? And I said, I've never had a, I've had a few bad experiences, but never anything like, you know, horrible, horrible. But, yeah, I mean, it was his whole, his whole demeanor was different. All right, so that was the first thing. The, the, the next thing that I would say, if you're, you know, how to stay alive, stay calm, you know, and to pray. You know, definitely pray. You know, I, every time I get pulled over, I say a quick prayer. And I've never had a bad situation, like a horrible situation. You know, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? And that's Psalms 118.6. You know, and for me, that's always been a very comforting uh, scripture because if you really think about it, when you, you know, if you have God on your side, what's a Facebook hater? What's a racist police officer? What's Donald Trump? People get so, you know, hyper. People get so upset. People get so mad and angry. It's like, yo, you don't, what's up with you? You don't have God on your side? Like, if you, if you have God on your side, one, there's no reason to be afraid. And then, two, you're not going to be worried about what all these men are going to do to you. And that could be applied to relationship stuff. You know, same thing. You know, you know I hear women saying, oh, all men cheat and all men are dogs and F these dudes. And it's just like, yo, if you got God, why are you worried about what those other dudes are talking about? So that's the, that's the, the next thing is stay calm and pray. Now, I say, I say stay calm because what we see often is these, uh, you know, we, we see people getting agitated. We see people getting hype. You know, people, uh, cut, they want to cuss the police officer out. They want to be, uh, they act indignant because of the inconvenience that they're going through. You know, they're on their way somewhere. They're getting pulled over in many cases for no reason. So they want to get mad, and the police officer says, you know, on top of everything else, you know, on top of, uh, you know, give me your license and registration. Now he's saying get out the car. Now you're like, what? Get out the car. Why do I have to get out the car? I don't want to get out the car. You know what I'm saying? I, I shouldn't have to do all of that. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where we have to really take a look at, you know, what role are we playing in this? You know, what what could I do differently to have a different result? Um, so, yeah, that's, so that's the next thing is stay calm. You know, stay calm, uh, pray, follow directions. You know, follow instructions. I cannot tell you how many of these videos that I see, you know, where people are. And, again, that's not to blame the victim. That's not, you know, to say that all of the videos um, – are, are their fault. It's not about saying anything other than what I'm actually saying. You know I mean? You don't have to, that's one thing with me. You don't have to assume, you don't have to, you know, make stuff up. I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean. And what I'm saying here is in a lot of these videos that I see, not all, but a lot of them, what you see, you know, are people, you know, resisting. Um, they're not, like, for example, you might see, you guys, we've all seen these videos. We've all seen these videos. Someone saying, all right, 
you know, give me a license registration. Like, what? For what? Now I ain't even doing nothing. I ain't even doing nothing. What you mean? I didn't even do nothing. No, you didn't have your turn signal. What you mean? My turn signal was on. Yeah, all right, you know what? Here, get out the car. What? I'm not getting out the car. Get out the car, sir. Sir, get out the car. I'm not getting out the mother effing car. You mother. I'm not doing that. Yo, get out the car. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you, sir. Yeah. They say, break the window. They drag him out the car. Get on the ground, sir. Get on that ground. Uh, uh, you know, give me your hand. Put your hands behind your butt. Put your hand. And run. I'm not putting my hand. Get the F off. You get the F off, you mother. Like, and it's like a big thing. You say, stop resisting. Stop resisting, sir. Stop. Then you bring out the baton. Bop, bop, bop. Hit him with the baton. It's like, yo, you, but you're struggling. And it's like, I've seen countless of those uh, numbers of those videos. We all have. And a lot of people in those situations are looking at the police officer like, oh, no, this is police brutality. He's beating them for no reason. But they forget a few, <laughs> few seconds, a few minutes prior to that, he asked them how many times nicely to get out of the car. This is what people need to understand. People need to understand this. When you are being detained, See, a lot of people don't understand police. When you are being detained, okay, you, you are, because they are in a position of power and authority in that moment, you have to follow their instructions. You, you actually do have to. You know what I mean? Like, you have to. Like, if they say get out of the car, you have to do it. And if you don't do it, they can force you to do it. You have to. That's a law. A lot of people don't understand that. They think that, oh, it, they only have that authority if, they're pulling you over for a particular reason. No, you have, you're being detained. You have to follow those directions. Now, if, if you uh, find that, you know, the, 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 the search or the encounter was in some way unlawful, then you have an opportunity to file a complaint. You have an opportunity to, you know, uh, yeah, basically file a complaint, go to court, whatever you want to do, go to their supervisor, whatever. You have that opportunity, but the time to fight that is not there in that moment. Okay, that's not the right time to do that. So definitely follow directions, follow instructions, and understand in that moment, you're only going to make this situation worse by resisting, by struggling, by talking back, by having an attitude. All of those things will make the situation, in many cases, 10 times worse than it would have been. There have been plenty of times. There was one time, one of the worst, actually probably the worst encounter I've ever had with a police officer. The whole thing was wrong. They thought, my, they thought that my car matched the description of a, of a truck that was used in some type of robbery or something. They pulled me over, and they were like, they, so they were all, they thought that I was that dude. So they were all, like the black, it was actually a black cop, this is the irony, but he was already overly, like aggressive with me, like he just had a bad attitude. And he was like, "Look, he's like, I will effing shoot you." He's like, "Don't you effing move." He's like, "Man, matter of fact, I." He's like, "I dare you." He's like, "Just do something crazy." He's like, "Talk like like the uh, boys in the hood," you know what I'm saying? Like that's how he was talking to me, just like that. You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Yo, dude, it's crazy." So I was like, you know, and afterwards, like I at that point I realized that he was just like a little like not wound too tight, and at that point I just went into Shoot, I went to Uncle Tom. I, just, I was like, you know what? Yes, sir. No, son. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes, master. You know what I mean? I just did all that because I realized in that moment, like, like this dude really wants to do something to me. And, and then he was like, you know what, man? He's like, this must be your lucky day, man, because I swear to God, I was, I was ready to put a cap in your Like, that's what I was talking to. I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? Are you right? 
You know what I'm saying? You, you got, all right, cool. You know, now just make sure, even the other dude was like, you know, make sure you do X, Y, and Z. Stuff that I didn't even need to do, stuff, some stuff going on with my, my dealer uh, license plate. All this stuff that was not even valid that he was saying because he didn't understand. He, I think he was like a state trooper, actually. He wasn't even like a Philly cop. He didn't understand how dealer plates worked and that whole dealer registration. He thought I was just like a regular dude. I'm like, nah, I'm like actually a dealer buying a car. You know what I mean? I'm like, this car I'm driving is for sale. He didn't understand that. And so he's like, this is what you got to do, this and that. I'm like, okay. Even though I knew he was wrong, I knew I was right, I was like, you know, okay, thank I was like, thank you for that. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll get that done. All right. Appreciate it. You know what I mean? Just to, just to get home three blocks from my crib. And so at that point, I went into forget, you know, being right. I just got went into, okay, let's be, stay alive. How do I go, you know, wrestle with my son? How do I give my daughter a hug? Like, you know what I mean? At that point, what's the best way to do those things? And a lot of people, their their minds don't kick into survival mode. They, they kick into uh, Bokeem Woodbine mode. mode. Y'all, y'all, some of y'all are too young to understand that. Remember, remember caught up? I ain't going out like no punk. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Caught Up with Bokeem Woodbine. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's what that's about. It's about staying alive. So like I said, if they tell you to get out the car, if they ask you to get out the car, you know what I mean? You just, just do it. So that's, that's the next thing. So the, another thing, and this is another thing that a lot of us typically, not just us, but a lot of us tend to struggle with, is have your paperwork up to date. Okay? Just, just like you never heard that song, uh, Riding Dirty? That's become like a, you know, a slang term. Oh, no, I'm riding dirty. You know, bad plates on the car, different plates don't match the car. Um, you, 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 insur- you don't have insurance or your insurance is expired. Uh, your your uh, inspection stickers are in spot expired. Um, you know, your license, your driver's license is not valid. Your driver's license is suspended. A lot of people don't understand what live stop is. You know, here in Philly, I don't know where it is, you know how it is in different places, different parts of the country where you guys are listening from. But here in Philly, you know, if if you don't have valid insurance and you don't have valid registration, they have the right to take your car. Okay, they have the right to take your car. That's called a live stop. They will tell you, okay, you can get out the car or you can wait in the car for the tow truck to come. But we're going to uh, basically impound your car. And, and in order to get your car back, you have to pay the fees and you have to show up with a val- you know, valid registration, driver's license, and insurance. And, in t- and your car will be in that impound getting all types of uh, storage fees in addition to the, the penalty fees until you get that stuff situated. So the point of it is, a lot of times it makes the situation worse because because people don't know that because the people don't understand like okay yeah I don't my driver's license expired but you want to take my car so that escalates the situation dad you go you go take my car just because I don't have my insurance card you go take my car just because my insurance expired on the thirty first and this is only January first you want to take my car over like and you want to fight the cop because you're wrong you have to understand the law. 
don't, you know what I'm saying, just don't ride dirty. Like with me, when I'm out and about, I make sure everything is, and if you guys notice, like I told you, I have only gotten a ticket maybe one or two times in my life, and, the, and, and I've, you know, other stuff like getting cars impounded, all that stuff doesn't happen to me because my, my paperwork is straight. Trust and believe. You know what I mean? If any of those situations, if my stuff wasn't on point, oh, man, I would have been, been going. My car would have been going. In fact, there have been times where my car should have been impounded, now that I think about it a few times, and, it, and because my demeanor and my attitude was on point, they were like, you know what, man, just, just get your stuff straight. I think one time I was like on a test drive. Like I had, a, I had a car. I was about to buy a car, and I was just driving it literally around the block. I, I didn't have, like, you know what I mean, the license plate on it. I was just just driving, you know what I mean, just around the block. I think I got pulled over one time, and the cops got me. But I explained to him the situation, and, you know, he let me go. It wasn't an issue. But imagine if I would have been belligerent. And cops, and listen, don't take my word for it. Cops will tell you that. Any police officer will tell like, go to some of these police town halls. They will tell you the way we treat you will be largely influenced by how you how your demeanor is and how your uh, attitude is, is that right? Is that right? I you can say what it is, but that's that's just how it is. If you have an attitude, you should expect. Like one one black cop even said to a black cop at the last form of it. He said specifically, if you have an attitude and you're belligerent and you ha- and you've committed some type of infraction, I will. I will hit you with everything that I have. Every he said, every ticket I can possibly give you, every penalty I can possibly give you. He said there will be no leniency whatsoever in any way if you have an attitude. He's like, if you don't have an attitude, he said, depending on the situation, I might give you a ticket, I might not. He's like, and if I'm gonna let you go, that will without it with just a warning, that will be 100% determined by your attitude. Cops have actually said that. And people was knowing that people will still have an attitude. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So that's the, that's the like I said, know the laws. Now another thing is to understand is that I you know I was talking about firearms, you know, firearm safety. You know, and I was talking about niggas early. A lot of these people are carrying illegal guns, whether it be on the street, whether it be in cars. So one of the first things that these police officers are, are looking for. Is not your license, is not your registration, but they want to figure out, do you have any weapons in the car? That's the first thing. They want to know, do you have any weapons? But then they want to know, do you have any illegal weapons? And a lot of times when you have these weapons in the car, you know, that makes them fearful. That makes these police officers fearful so that they don't care about your car. They're caring about their lives. So just understand that if you have a gun, you know, most of you, if you have guns, they're legal guns, you have a permit to carry, that's fine. Just make sure that, and this is another thing, make sure that you're, you, you keep your gun permit, make sure you keep your license and registration in a place that's, first of all, you, you want to get it out before they even get to the car. Like, the moment you see you're getting pulled over, the moment you see those lights, I get my wallet out. That way I don't have to do like Philando did or didn't do, I don't know, but you don't want to reach for anything. 
You understand? You don't ever want to have, like, if your wallet is in your back pocket, of your, you don't ever want to have to turn and reach. Because what else do you keep in your, on your, your, in your back pocket or on your waist or behind you? You keep a gun back there. So, yeah, you might be reaching for your wallet to get your license, but the police officer doesn't know that. He might be thinking you're reaching for a gun. Now, I, like I said, I wasn't there. I didn't see what happened. But if you watch the Philando video, and I did a whole show on this, go back and check it out to hear a more in-depth analyzation of what happened. But in that situation, he's like, look, give me your license. He told him, give me your license and registration. He's like, all right, officer, well, just to let you know, I do have a gun in the car. I do have a license to carry. And all you hear is don't reach for it, don't reach for it, pop, 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 pop. You know what I'm saying? Now, and it's, I swear on everything, that, like, I got pulled over recently, not just last time, but recently, and the cop, like, I, I had a flashback to that video because I said the same exact thing. The same exact thing. I had my hands on the steering wheel, and I said, well, I, literally in the same exact way. I said the same exact thing that Fernando said to the cop. Fernando said, well, officer, just to let you know, I do have a gun in the car. You hear the cop say, well, don't reach for it. Don't reach for it. Pop, pop, pop. I said, my hand's on the wheel. I said, officer, I just got to let you know, I do have a firearm in the, co- in the car. I have a license to carry it. The license is in my wallet. But I did not move my hands from that steering wheel. You see what I'm saying? He, and he even told me, he said, that's the craziest thing. He said, all right, he's like, don't, don't move. He's like, don't reach. He said that, that the, the same exact thing. It is, it's crazy. It still gives me chills when I think about that because, you know, who, just like that, you can be killed. But that's why it's so important because I don't know that cop from a can of paint. He might have been trigger-happy uh, trigger like Officer Yanez who shot Fernando. Uh, Fortunately, he wasn't. Unfortunately, I wasn't the type of person to be reaching for anything. But, you know, here's another crazy thing. I told you I got pulled over the other day with the, with the Hispanic dudes. This dude is reaching like crazy. I was like, are you crazy? But he looked white, so he was good. I swear to you, this dude was crazy. He was pulled over. I'm sitting in the back seat. Dude, he didn't speak any English. And the dude was like, he's like, yeah, just give me your license and registration. This dude flings over and get over into the freaking uh, – Reaches into the glove. I'm like, yo, what are you, you crazy? Like, I wish I could have seen it. He, just imagine somebody flinging their whole body over to the right side to go in the glove body. I'm like, are you smoking crack? Like, why would you? I would have been like, yo, why the heck would you do that? You trying to die? But and the cop didn't, it's great, the cop didn't even flinch. But let me have done that. Let Philando have done that. Let, let anybody else have done that same exact motion. In that situation, we'd probably be dead. I would never do something like that. But it just kind of, he, he obviously had never been in that situation before. You know, most likely he was very desensitized to that, to even be, being aware of that, because that's just not his reality. He doesn't have to think like that, whereas I do, whereas you do. But, yeah, so definitely uh, both hands on the steering wheel, no sudden movements. You know, and, and, and another thing, a couple more things, it's also very important to realize, and this is, uh, goes back to the point of, of understanding the law. You have to understand the law and know that, you know, first of all, you have to familiarize yourself with things like reasonable doubt, 
things like police conduct. Um, you have to, you know, probable cause, you know, what constitutes manslaughter versus a justifiable shooting. Like you have to kind of, and you just overall have to know police conduct, like how they carry themselves. Because if you don't understand those, it, it's easy to become a victim because you're thinking that you're quote-unquote right. And it's, un, it's very important to understand that unarmed shoot. everyone goes back to the thing, oh, he was unarmed. I can't, I'm, you know, look at all these unarmed black men being killed. What people need to understand, it's funny that people say that because unarmed does not mean anything. Do you guys understand? You don't have to be armed. You don't have to physically have a weapon for a police officer to shoot you and that shooting be classified as justified. You have to understand, they say Trayvon Martin wasn't armed. He was an unarmed black man, unarmed black boy killed. You know, Mike Brown was, was unarmed. Each of those situations, I don't know if you guys ever had jury duty, but when you when you when you have jury duty, there are certain instructions that are given to you, right? You have to understand what is reasonable doubt. You have to understand what needs to be presented in order for a not guilty verdict or for a verdict or for a guilty verdict to be had. You have to know the difference. And if you want, if you're, you know, it all depends on what the charge is. If you're, we're talking about like second degree murder, we're talking about first degree murder. If you're going to, you know, give somebody the death penalty, if you're going to, um, you know, take away someone's freedom for the rest of their life, you have to be able to prove that there was a crime beyond a shadow of a doubt. There can't be any type of what they call reasonable doubt in these situations. Now, and again, do I believe that we have a seriously flawed legal system? Absolutely. Do we have a legal system that is in serious need of, uh, you know, updates and, uh, you know, just, just doing things a little bit differently? Absolutely. I would love to see a lot of these gun laws change. I'd love to see – I'd like to see a lot change within the legal system. That said, it's important to understand the laws that we do have in place. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you had, like, for example, and I did a whole show on this many years ago when we, when I, when we talked about Trayvon Martin. Like I told you earlier, George Zimmerman was obviously overzealous. You know, he obviously was the aggressor in this situation. Was I surprised? I watched the whole trial every day. But was I surprised, based, given the evidence, given everything that I heard, was I surprised that he was found not guilty? <clears throat> not at all. Because there, was no, there wasn't, there was actually reasonable doubt. And so if, if you, if, if there is reasonable doubt, one, you have to understand what that is, right? And, and, it, and if there is that, as bad as it may seem, you know what I'm saying? As unfortunate as it may seem, can't say, well, he should have been found guilty when there's obviously reasonable. I mean, think about it. If there's two people in, in any situation, right, mm-hmm. and literally 
you're not there, and it's just those two people there. The 90% of the time, that's going to be reasonable doubt. There's going to be reasonable doubt there because there are no witnesses to be able to say, hey, you did this beyond the shadow of a doubt. Nobody can say what happened with George Zimmerman. Nobody can really say, you know, in, in Philando's case, hey, did he reach for that gun? I, was, I can't say he reached for the gun. But if he did reach for the gun, did he reach for his wallet? Then that's where, you see what I'm saying? That's, these are things you absolutely should not do. When I got pulled over, um, and I told the cop I had a gun. He's like, where's the gun? And I told him, I'm like, um, I said, it's in the, my gun is in my briefcase, which is behind me. The briefcase is in the back, like right by the, on the back, you know what I mean, the back uh, floor. And uh, he's like, all right, don't reach for it. I'm like, oh, trust me. I said, I'm not. I said, I said, you can, I said if you want to go back there and get it, that's fine. I said, but I don't, you know what I mean, I don't feel comfortable reaching I told him, I don't even really feel comfortable reaching for my wallet. I said, my hand, I'm going to keep my hand. I said, if it's all right with you, officer, I'm just going to keep my hand still on the steering wheel. He said, no, that's fine. And at that point, a few minutes later, he told me, he was like, you know, just step out the car. Let me just pat you down. I'll get your wallet out your back pocket, and we'll get what we need and get you out of here. You know what I mean? And that's how we did it. He was like, he even had me sit in the back of the cop car just temporarily, just, just into the situation while they ran the license, while they looked at the uh, gun permit. They looked. They were looking at the numbers on the, uh, the the uh, the serial numbers on the gun, just to make sure everything was legit. And I was sitting in the back of the cop car, just chilling. They weren't aggressive. They weren't like you know what I'm saying. They let me go. I didn't. Well, first of all, I didn't do anything um, for them to, to give me any type of a ticket. But that's really all it is. In most of these situations, one time years ago, I got pulled over. It's a funny thing. I was waiting outside my home. We were going to the club. <clears throat> And I was outside his crib waiting to pick him up. And he was taking a long time. He's like, come on in. I was like, no, I'm just going to chill in the car. So I'm chilling in the car. I don't know if I was talking on the phone or what, but uh, I guess I might have been out there for 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, and basically somebody called the cops on me said I looked suspicious. And so I was like, you know, I said, and this is my fault. This is my stupidity. But I see a cop coming down the street. So I, I basically pulled off. When I saw the cop, and I was gonna, I was just gonna circle around the block. It was really stupid. I have no idea why I did that. That was the stupidest thing I could have did. And as soon as I pull off, he pulls me over. Either way, he was gonna pull me over because somebody called the cops on me because I was sitting in the car. But I pull out, I pull over. He's like, yeah, you know, um, you know, get out. You know, you mind if we look through the car, this and that. He's like, man, he was frisking me. Like, you got anything that might poke me? Anything that might stick me in here? Any needles? I'm like needles? Oh. He's like, all right, man, where's the, where's the, where's the drugs at? Where's, he's like, I don't care about the weed, but I said, where's the coke at? I'm like, coke. I said, officer. I said, I'm not a criminal. I said, there are no illegal guns. At that point, I didn't have a gun. Um, I was like, there's no guns in the car. There's no drugs. I don't do drugs. There's nothing like that. I said, I'm just waiting. This is my friend's house. I'm just waiting for him to come out. We're going out for a little bit, have a few drinks. I said, I'm not doing anything illegal. He's like, yeah, but why, why'd, you, he's like, why'd you pull off, and, you know? When you saw me, I'm like, no, nah, I just, you know, I just, remember, uh, I was just going to drive around the block because honestly, I didn't, I really, I said, ironically, I was trying to avoid this, but I said, no, nah, I see wh- how that looked. I said, that's my fault. I said, I apologize for that, you know, and so he's like, you know what, just, he said, tell your friend to hurry up, you know, you guys want to get out of here. 
I was like, all right, thanks, officer. You know, and that was that. So, at, you know, like I said, we have to understand, you know, how try to put yourself in, into their shoes. Now, again, if you can't always do that, especially if they're racist. Because if you're not a racist, you're not going to be able to think like a racist. But, you know what I'm saying, sometimes, if possible, I'll say that, if possible, just don't even give them a reason. Sometimes you, there's nothing you can do. And many, don't get me wrong, many, many, many people have been unjustly murdered by police. I don't want that to be, you know what I mean? That's not what we're here to talk about today, though. This is not to talk about the people who have been murdered. Today's show is to talk about how we can help you, specifically our young black men and women, avoid being murdered and how to effectively get back home safely, how to avoid being killed and basically stay, staying alive in, in 2018. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, and that's basically it. You know, the, there's a lot of other things that we could talk about surrounding police, but I, I jotted down some very specific things that, that we can do. You know, and, and one of the things that my last quote uh, by Dr. Martin Luther King uh, today we're here to honor him and his legacy. And this is another one of my favorites. He says, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. You know, and, and, and that's always been something that, uh, that stood out to me and that resonated with me because I feel like, and I'm, and I'm not perfect by any means, <clears throat> but I do try to, uh, do my part, you know, I try to do my part in, you know, helping the community in, in a number of different ways, mentoring different things, community service, even, even this show. But, you know, so, but, you know, I feel like a lot of people out there, they just, they just don't care. They're just content being silent. You know, they'd be perfectly fine living their entire life helping no one but themselves. You know, and, and this actually, if you really even, you know, look at this quote a little bit deeper, it says, in the end. The end is capitalized, which kind of, you know, leads one to believe that Dr. King was referring to judgment day, you know, as opposed to just, you know, a matter-of-fact way of speaking, but the actual end, meaning the end of our lives, uh, the end of, you know, mankind. You know, at the end of the day, nothing will matter you know what I mean? Except what we do, you know what I mean, for the betterment of, of, of mankind and, and our community. You know, not how much money you made, not how much, you know, how many followers on social media you have, but who did you help? You know, whose life did you change? You know I me, mean? I'm not here for ratings. I'm not here for Facebook likes. You know, I'm here for the people who, who listen to the show, who followed me over the years and who find value in what it is that I do. That's, that's really it. I'm not here to change the people who are content living how they're I'm not here to judge. I'm, not, I'm here to help those who want to be helped. You know what I mean? And I would just encourage that for everybody, you know, and I think that's what, that's what matters. <clears throat> so, you know, like I said, guys, I have a lot planned uh, for the next uh, several shows. It's funny. I, I, it takes me back, you know, when I was, 
you know, recently, and it was recently last year when I was doing the show, you know, two, three, four times a week, you know, I didn't have to plan as much. I just kind of talked about whatever was going on and did the show when I felt like it. But now that I've, I've, got, I've gotten back to how it started, which was Thursday nights at 9 o'clock about 12 years ago, um, I now find myself preparing a little bit differently, you know, and, and the show is more structured. So um, I have a lot of specific things that i got to plan out several weeks in advance. So look out for a lot of good content. I'm going to be doing, like I said, more uh, YouTube videos, Facebook videos, Facebook Live, I'm just trying out different things. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening in. Um, and, and thank you for making this show really one of the first and longest-running podcasts in the entire country. You know what I mean? I, I really do appreciate that. Uh, we've had a number of different hosts here, you know, on the show over the years, different formats, but I do appreciate all the support from you guys, Facebook, MySpace, um, just all the different platforms, iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, if you haven't already, I told you guys to give me a show. Go ahead and order your copy of The Lovely Head. Um, it, it was named one of the top ten books of 2006 when it was originally published, so Go ahead and check that out on Kindle. And, uh, and, and like I said, look out for uh, my special, or excuse me, my new book, Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love, uh, a little bit later on this year. So thank you guys for listening. Follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Everything is at Daydon Tolbert. And um, I will talk to you all later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.